Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. Week three of All Horror October, All Horror, All October. My name is Joe Hilliard, and of course, sitting across the table from me, Dave Gurney, and we have a third host here this week with us, uh, who, who's a returning guest to the program. Uh, he was with us on episode 79, folks, back when we were talking about uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky. That was a classic episode. Uh, it was a mind-blowing episode, I think. Uh, at least our minds were blown, whether Ooh. or not listeners were. Uh, but but he came and he, and he helped us to sort through our... M- Many varied thoughts on the Holy Mountain and uh, Jodorowsky's Dune, the, the documentary, which I think we all loved. But um, we're so happy to have him back here to talk about some horror with us this week. Welcome back, Josh. Hey. Uh, so my first thought was last time I was with y'all, I was not a dad and I was not engaged. Ooh. And now I am both those things. Congratulations, Thank man. You, you, you are a changed man. I am. I feel <laughs> very Josh, you grew up since the last time up, I saw you. I grew up and finally, it took a long time. Uh, it took a long time, but finally I've grown up. No, I'm so excited to talk horror movies. I love y'all's Halloween October uh, re- uh, episodes and all that. Yeah, so awesome. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Well, we, we are big horror fans, and it's an exciting month whenever October rolls around and gives us the excuse to really focus on horror as a genre, and we've had some fun already this month. But I'm really excited because this is the week where we're going to tackle some new nightmares as joe has put it in our in our promotional materials but before we get any nightmares in our heads i'd like to get some beer in our glasses please um and i have a beer that this is a repeat Mm -hmm. you know we have a repeat guest um we're kind of repeating films in a way (laughs) we'll talk about that in a moment um and we're repeating a beer here this is saint arnold's (coughs) pumpkinator which loyal listeners will have remembered us drinking in the past it is an imperial pumpkin porter they have to be real loyal david ten and a half percent yeah yeah i was gonna say they had to be very loyal listeners because we did pumpkinator way back in episode 18 18 wow long time ago well how lucky number 18 this is actually the 2018 bottling of pumpkinator which is actually when this new series of the franchise that we're about to talk about kicked off so i thought there was a nice little tie-in there with returning to a beer that we've drank before returning to a year when we saw this franchise return um let's get some in our glasses thank you sir thank you that's my favorite sound (laughs) (laughs) it's it is one of the funny funnest things to do foley wise right is make sure you get that cap popping or the can popping whatever it is so so you say Porter, uh, David, ooh, tell us. Ooh, guys, I don't know. I hope I haven't given us a soy bomb here. I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit of soy <laughs> oh, sauce on no. the, uh, but we, we, oh. we can, that's what, that's the fun thing with this beer aging stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, quickly tell us the difference between a Porter and a Stout. <laughs> <laughs> now another return question. Um, well, when it gets Imperial, who cares, right? When, when we're up at 10 and a half percent, it's dark, it's rich. Um, and, and I've always, Pumpkinator is one that I've been, of the pumpkin beers, more apt to enjoy uh, just because it has that hefty imperial stout base to it that, sure. that it can kind of stand up to the pumpkin spice flavor. And as far as like the number of times we visited one brewery, St. Arnold's in the top three or four out of Houston. We, we have, especially early in the show, when we were relying on what was available locally, St. Arnold, we always have, have a lot of that around. Right. Uh, giving this a whiff, 
I see where you're coming from. I, I the pumpkin's still there. It's very sweet on yeah. the back of it. I haven't tasted it yet. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. No, it tastes good. It's All hefty. Right. It's hefty. Okay. I'm, ex- yeah. I'm excited yeah. to hear you say good. that. Yeah. Because we need something hefty, guys. We're talking mm-hmm. about a hefty franchise. Sure. A franchise that we have n- not just spoken about once on this podcast, but several times over. Sure. Uh, I think we did a that we did that six episode six movie Carpenter uh, uh, episode. Yeah. Where we did not talk Halloween. But we love Carpenter here. We make no bones about it. That Halloween episode, I think, that you're talking about was the original and then two or three other iterations. Yeah, we we, we did the original. Um, we, we certainly did the return in 2018 of Halloween mm-hmm. by David Gordon Green, uh, co-written with Danny McBride. Then we also, last year, did Halloween Kills, right. which was the second of the... Gordon Green, uh, McBride films. However, the third in the chronology because they're branching off of the first film. Yeah, yeah. we've talked about this, so, yeah. and, and 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 I have a feeling most of our listeners already know. Um, but today we're here to talk about Halloween Ends, the 2022 final nail in the coffin of the Halloween franchise. Right? They're never going to bring it back ever again now, mm. until they offer Carpenter another big. Check. <laughs> Well, it's and it's not even anyway. We we can get into the logistics of it, but um, at least as far as Bloomhouse is is uh, yeah. uh, interested. Well, in I it. think I think Jamie Lee Curtis signed something saying she will never play yeah. Laurie. She will again. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's hmm. well, she signed it on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Okay, uh, but I, they'll come back to Halloween. It'll be three or four years from now, and it'll be something. Yeah, most likely. But here we have an attempt from uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride to bring an end to this yeah. story that they've told, um, where to just you know briefly catch people up. Uh, in the 2018 film, we had Michael Myers reappear. He he's uh, being transferred from prison uh, to, or from a mental hospital to a yeah. prison. He's able to escape. He goes back to the town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Uh, of course, you know goes after Laurie Strode again. Um, the end of that film has her supposedly capturing him and and burning him in in the basement. In the basement of her home that's like this fortified trap, basically, right. in case he ever comes back. Then we find out in Halloween Kills, the film from last year... Pesky firefighters fucked it all up. ...picks up that very same <laughs> evening, minutes after uh, the, the first film ends, or the, the second film, the 2018 film, uh, that the firefighters get there and they uh, inadvertently rescue Michael Myers and get him back out where he goes on an even more extended killing spree that Halloween night uh, back in 2018 and uh, does in many people in the town. The town sort of rises up against him. We may get into that, what, what, what that whole film kind of pivoted to uh, in, in that Halloween Kills installment. But Halloween Ends actually takes that as sort of an ending and jumps forward, well, first a year later, but then to four years later, ultimately. So we pick up the film, we get almost like a little prologue, uh, the sequence with a character that had not been introduced prior to this in any of the Halloween films, Corey Cunningham, um, who is being brought in as a replacement babysitter uh, on a Halloween night in 2019, a year after the Michael Myers massacre in Haddonfield had taken place. He, uh, you know, seems like a decent enough kind of teenage boy, um, pinch hitting here at the last minute, and through an inadvertent uh, kind of accident, ends up 
killing the child that he was caring for, right? In pretty dramatic fashion in front of his parents, oh, too. Man, so yeah. that's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that was, uh, you know, that kind of sets off the movie with this prologue. Then we jump ahead to 2022, and we are seeing him as a person who has suffered greatly for having been sort of ostracized from the community for even though he wasn't jailed for this or found guilty of doing anything illegal, that he still has this taint of being a child murderer uh, with many in the town. And then strangely kind of strikes up a relationship with um, Laurie Strode initially, who kind of pulls him in to a relationship with Allison, her granddaughter, who survived those earlier films. And so because they're all kind of outcasts, finding this synergy mm-hmm. together, um, even budding into romance. And you're like, where's Michael Myers in all this? Well, <laughs> he's living down by the river <laughs> in a tunnel. <laughs> right. Chris Farley comes in, the ghost. No. Uh, he's, <laughs> but, but not too far from what we're yeah, seeing. Yeah. Um, he, he has been living in the sewers underground, uh, apparently, in a very weakened state, uh, but comes into contact with Corey and he and Corey strike up a relationship where he recognizes this potential for evil in Corey and they kind of become a team, although they're also adversaries at times. So I don't know. I feel like I've laid it out. It as felt m- like an intro to like a buddy sitcom. Like, <laughs> like you could see Michael coming through the tunnel like, oops. Like, So first, I just wanted to say, and y'all both being dads, like yeah. now that I'm a dad, I am so sensitive to watching things with kids in mm. movies. And yeah. that I remember that turn. <laughs> that really like I've gone from watching crazy movies to now I'm just like, oh man. Yeah. So right at so, that, so that, the prologue was that yeah. was that a lot for you? Yeah. 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 And and that and I I've found a lot of films do that for mm-hmm. me. Uh and I can't watch certain films that I've heard about that have violence with children and I don't know if y'all I, did did that last a long time? Or? I mean, I, I, <laughs> how long will I be cursed with this, <laughs> this empathy for children? I'm, well, I'll tell you, I'm reading The Bad Seed right now. It's helping. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I am actually. But, but uh, on a serious note, like I feel what you're saying, and I do think that it becomes less acute over time, uh-huh. or you, be, you become more, um, I, hate to, I hate to use that term, desensitized, but you just become acclimated to it, yeah. and it becomes part of, no, this is part of the horror lexicon. Yeah, yes, yeah. children are endangered too, like all human life is. Yeah, it's yeah. not that... So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that it has gone away for me, but I do think there was a period when I first had a child that it was like, oh my God, you need to protect this yeah. precious little being that, you know, is so vulnerable. And, and you feel it with kids in a way that you don't necessarily with adults. But actually, in some ways, it kind of enhances your viewing because it really does make the danger yeah, yeah. in certain yeah, films. The, the stakes get a little higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's dad in a movie podcast (laughs) but no yeah so that i i would say that right away kind of caught my attention i was like man this is like it got me interested and then it fell off for me okay so it it, it started out promisingly but then went down the tube yeah Yeah, Yeah. i've done no spoiler free in this film outside of the trailer and the trailer presents the showdown yeah between laurie and michael which we're Mm -hmm. all expecting yeah yeah uh michael killed her daughter for god's sake you know in the last film so I was excited. I, I, sitting down, I was excited with this film. I wanted to see where they took it. I was one in the last episode, the last go go back fifty two episodes ago, all horror October two thousand twenty one. I was one. Carlos agreed with me that this one wasn't up to uh, this, kills. This, the no, Halloween kills, kills. Yeah, yeah kills. Yeah. David, of course, was our apologist. That's his job here. Um, 
Guilty as charged. Here's a new character. Here, like almost like, hey guys, I want to pitch a movie to you. Imagine that there's this well-known serial killer who has gone off the radar, and he strikes up a relationship with someone and makes them his protege in some yeah. kind of way. And then together they go off, and this protege learns the art of serial killing. That sounds like a pretty interesting movie, and that's what this movie is, except that. Michael Myers is not a verbal guy, so there's no relationship. Where <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. not like Mr. Miyagi. No, no, no. It's, no. it's a slash, slash right. on, and, slash off. And the motivation for Corey, the student, in the little analogy, the little presentation that I just made, is so all over the place that this movie never gets going for me. In fact, I'm scratching my head the entire time. Starting with that prologue scene, which I really enjoyed. I didn't know where how it fit yeah, in with anything right, at all. Right. But the is is Michael in the house? Is is it a year later and he has a calendar and knows that this is his he's seen the title of the film. This is when he's supposed to come out and do <laughs> well, shit. Well, I think that's what they're trying to give you that 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 real tense shin that oh it's right. gonna it's gonna there, be right. him. There and, is a knife, that yeah. knife is now missing, yeah. the kid yeah. is 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 I mean that I think we all agree that opening yeah. is really I liked it. I thought it was smart great. in in a lot of ways because yeah. it does have this kind of implied creepiness of yeah. like oh it's sure it, you know it could all happen again great shadow work uh they're oh they're yeah filming a, yeah. it's in a bright house but there's a shadow in the room adjacent and that's yeah. michael's back yeah yeah it's, yeah it's not michael it's the kid playing a prank on his babysitter right, right. that has a disaster and it, it presents that that like air that like the, in the whole town everybody's just so paranoid waiting for yes. him to come back it's only right? been a year of yeah. course well, the parents yeah. even warn yeah. Corey like yeah. you know he's been really upset ever since yeah. last Halloween mm-hmm. so be careful it might and, be tough getting him to go to yeah. sleep and that literally causes a traumatic event to happen so right. that's where I was like wow if it wasn't for y'all asking me about this episode I might not have watched it but I watch Halloween all the time like yeah. I have to watch them all Yeah, but that I was like, maybe I'm gonna like this. Oh, <laughs> I, I had such a that. I had I, such high hopes. You know, I I really, this is a tough one because I can't really defend this film. It's not it's not something that I think this film is broken. Would it? But it. I think what I do want to at least try to retrieve here, and then we can go into more of what it messes up. But I think I think there's something smart. And interesting about what they tried to do I agree with the with franchise. It just didn't I work. think that if I sketch it out on paper and I think about how do we take this film that's a pretty standard, well, not standard, archetypal slasher film, yeah. and branch it out and to bring it into how, like, all lurking within all of us, there's this kind of potential for evil. There's mm-hmm. this potential for acting out in these ways and taking lives into our own hands, right? And I think we saw that in Kills, right? Kills, it becomes like what happens when, uh, you know, a community, essentially like it spreads like infection and you have this community kind of go crazy. The uh, mob mentality. With yeah. murderous zeal, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yes, the mob mentality, exactly. So, you know, I think it was a little ham-fisted. I mean, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't, yeah. but, I, but I understand the impulse and I like it. And I like that this one really tried to dig deep in a way into this more psychological study yeah. of what makes a killer. But it... And, and the power... Hold on. And the power of Michael Myers is evil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you say... That uh, when I made the joke about, let me tell you a story about a a serial killer that has a protege, it all happens. uh, 
I didn't mean for this interruption to be so long. There, there, there is a tunnel. There's a time. tunnel into the sewers. Corey, our new guy, finds his way into this tunnel, and here is Michael. Oh, here he is. I think it's 45 minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Michael's back, and Michael grabs him. Oh, Corey, you're about to get fucked up. Yeah. But they make eye contact instead, and there's this weird little play where they're showing one another's eyes, and I guess I, I, was, I debated this for a little while after the film. Michael Myers spread his evil into Corey, or... I think he Michael recognized Myers recognized the potential it. already there. But they try to allude to that with his hand cut, I yeah. think, right? That he, that like they shared blood or something. I don't know. Yeah. I was so confused. And it felt so weird. It's like he was like, I'm going to kill you. Oh, wait, you kill kids? I like you. Like, <laughs> right. And so I was like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But it didn't really yeah. like work for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. I, I And like I say, I, I, I put that out there as like, I can admire what they were trying to accomplish. I like I like David Gordon Green a lot. Yeah. I like Danny yeah. McBride a lot. I, I've really enjoyed a lot of the things that anybody anybody who listens to the podcast, Righteous Gemstones, a big oh, favorite yes. of mine. The, the series that David, done if it for was TV. like ten minutes later, because because Michael Myers' body was not found yeah, in yeah, Kills, yeah. and if it was if we were going to see a film, this final bit of the trilogy where Laurie is still injured. Right, yeah, for, uh, yeah. and, and she was in the hospital for a majority of the of kills. Right, and that sorry, sorry, no. the hospital setting. What bothers me so much about this, the whole trilogy, is that they're like, we're gonna retcon. None of these others ones exist. Only one, but we're gonna reference every, almost every other one. Yeah, little winks like and winks. nods. It's in yeah. a hospital, just like part two. It's right yeah. after part one. So right. I was just like, man, mm-hmm. like, so you just erased all this stuff and did it again. And then brought, like, in a way. brought yeah. it back. Yeah, it, it is. It does seem like a mix of, and I think also, especially in this one, I was getting homages to other Carpenter films. Oh, like, sure. I feel oh, like yeah. there's a lot of Christine. Yeah. In this the one. thing, yeah. the thing yeah. was shown on television. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, with the babysitting. Prologue. I would not show but a kid I, that I, young. I want to finish my thought. <laughs> I do want to finish my thought. Sorry. If this was 10 minutes later or 10 days later, and it's Michael Myers just going, th- or a year later, so it's Halloween. And Michael Myers is going through the city again, killing people while we're trying to kill him. I think I might have been bored by that too. So I agree with you. Let's take it in some kind of different direction yeah. than what the audience might be expecting, and different than the first two movies. Uh, the first, the the, the, the yeah. second, the third of movie the in this new universe yeah. that is Halloween, like you said, Josh. But man, like I said earlier, this film was just broken. Allison would never be interested well, that's, in this guy. I think to me the biggest. They wanted us to take some big leaps with both Allison and Lori mm-hmm. in that four-year period, right. and they're not earned. No, like they, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think they needed to do something. I don't know if it would be like an extended prologue. I don't. I don't even know how to fix it exactly. But they needed to do something to get me because as it is, I mean, Lori, the way that she, because she narrates certain parts of this film. She's mm-hmm. writing a memoir mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that there's sort of this framing device that they're mm-hmm. using yeah. that, that that she returns to. The whole, like her voice, the way she's presenting herself, it's almost like Martha Stewart has yeah, taken yeah, over yeah. Laurie Strode. I've decided to, what I had created for myself prior, got my daughter killed and did not get the results I wanted. Right. So now I'm in the town. Ta- I'm in town. I got a, yeah. uh, I've got happiness in a my voice. romance with the with the with was he a retired yeah. cop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that, I think one of the big things for me again in all the trilogy was I'm that making pies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They waste so much of Laurie's character. I feel like they tease us with like in Halloween Kills or the first. The 2018 and Halloween Kills, all the trauma, and they yeah. don't really explore it that much. That that's how I felt. 
And then in this one too, she's kind of like a side character and yeah. she is the original like right. Halloween character right. with Michael. So I, that I agree. lost me too. I agree. And and I I mean, I don't know. There's some good things in there. Like I like that she's the one who pulls Corey in. I like that she recognizes him as somebody who's been sort of ostracized and I can understand that. But I just think that they needed to do more to, to make me believe or have her not go as extreme. I mean, I think there's a way to do that transition where she doesn't become almost like a... A caricature mm. of uh, uh, of what a reformed Laurie Strode might be at that mm. point. Um, she had a gun and a safe, but other than that, the, her house was not the a Laurie safe Strode zone. that we re met in the 2018 one was a really cool badass. Yeah, and I'm not supposed to use that term anymore to describe women, but it's a really cool badass. badass? Yeah, I, th- I heard somebody say that badass is like you. You got the newsletter. I didn't get that. One. I don't know. I, I can't I, lose all badass. That's my favorite. Okay, thing. all right. Well, <laughs> she is just tough as nails. Yeah, yeah. cool as fuck you you want to root for her and you should be rooting for her and there's almost none of that there's a turn there right at the yeah. end where she does the she kind does of trap she has to do. and she and and that's like, okay like, she's still, still there, there. Yeah. she's yeah. still there yeah. but why did i have to sit through an hour and a half of this other version of yeah. Lori strode that felt really false and weird to, to get sure. to that and, and then Corey now a possessed by michael myers or b just receiving Michael Myers' help, teach me how to do it. How do I do it? Um, begins trying to one-off the folks in his life that are causing him and Allison, his new girlfriend, right. trouble. Where literally they kill a uh, a nurse that gets a promotion when Allison does not get the promotion, and the doctor that's I guess courting this nurse, which got her the promotion <laughs> to begin with, yeah. In a, almost like a tag team wrestling situation, uh, where yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I did. I, 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 I almost there, Michael, but I can't close the deal. The hot, Slap your hand, the Michael. Hot tag, as they call it. You've, yeah. you've come out of sewer retirement, and uh, the other time he came out of sewer retirement was when he, I guess, followed Corey to Lori's new home and is standing outside the home watching Lori, who is watching. Corey yeah. take Allison upstairs so they can do their stuff for the very first time and he walks off but they're arch nemeses yeah. but mm-hmm. I guess because my protege is maybe he's infiltrating this family yeah I, I, and Michael it, has to be broken. in the 60s or something like that uh, well, uh, probably more like line, 78 uh, to 2008 yeah in the original film he was supposed to be like in his mid 20s mm-hmm. so like yeah another 40 years almost 60s yeah yeah, yeah. sure yeah. And, and and he gets unmasked and you kind of see the full face and I hated that part <laughs> I didn't like that I, then, I, uh, then, I just keep going back to the like why make references to the movies that you say don't exist like then yeah. sorry I know I'm repeating that but yeah because in the first one you have the you slightly see him but he's in right. the shadows right I felt like they just pulled that again. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. Not as great. Yeah. I don't. I don't. That that stuff doesn't bother me as much personally. Uh-huh. Like I do. I, I almost kind of like that they have the reverence for it because I do think that they are people who love the franchise yeah. and were trying to do something with it. But I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, they, they made the choice. Then again, could they have really branched off? I guess they could have the. H2O, whatever that time. I don't know. It's like there's four different Halloween timelines, right? There is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's, you said H2O, and I immediately, anytime anybody brings that movie up, I remember being in the theaters watching that as a kid. And <laughs> Corey works at his, I'm assuming, stepfather's 
uh, uh, scrapyard. Scrapyard yeah. slash yeah. auto repair. They show us that metal grinder five times. Mm-hmm. Look at the metal grinder. Remember, there's a metal grinder here, yeah. which I guess is like everyone in town knows that there's a metal grinder. Uh, I, we should probably, I'm skipping ahead, we should probably talk about the face-off that finally occurs between Lori and Michael and then what they do after that. Uh, Michael, com- Corey comes to kill Lori, who I guess he sees as the final obstacle of he and Allison being able to leave home, leave town. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't go well for Corey. But in order to lure Corey in, she pretends to commit suicide, which I don't understand why that needed to occur. Yeah, or why that would even seem plausible to anybody at that at that point. But yes, I although understand. it's an excuse to call the police if he know if she knows that Corey's in the house and she seemed to have for that plan to work at all, yeah. and then he opens the door after what seems to have been a suicide of Lori. Yeah. You thought I was gonna commit suicide, motherfucker, or whatever yeah. she says. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. that yeah. was a yeah. bunch of nothing. Yeah. And then she shoots him. He goes down, and he. When it was seen, I actually liked. He kills himself, knife through the that, throat, into brutal. the head. I, I, yeah. I did to try to kills. frame her yeah. for his death, because yeah. here yeah. comes Allison and yeah. sees her, him, her, uh, Lori holding the bloody knife. But then Michael, they tag, they tag team. Michael's yeah. back. Yeah. And um, I thought the showdown was the most interesting part of the film, I guess. I, I just feel like they, 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 like I think David is saying, they kind of don't go to what, or I think Joe too. They don't give us that, and they spend so much time doing so much other stuff. And then when you finally have the showdown, I, was just, I just felt like, well, I didn't, I didn't even care at this point. Like, yeah. I lost all of that. But again, I wasn't a fan of the previous two, so yeah. I was. There's nothing for me to hold I, on. I to. thought that the Halloween, the first yeah. of these previous two, was the best of the three. And there's a decline in quality ever since. I was rooting. I was hoping that Anthony Michael Hall might show up and make this better, which is (laughs) an ugly thing for me to say because I thought he was so bad in the second one. Oh, my God. And they would not stop saying like 20 years ago or how many years it was. Michael Myers is going to put her hand down the disposal. Psych. Uh, And then she just basically literally crucifies him to her big butcher block island and cuts his throat to bloodlet him. But that's not quite working. So let me cut his wrist to get even more blood out. And he's dead, we assume. Tie him to the car. And then a parade parade of the residents that are like, we're going to do what we were going to do in the second film. Evil dies tonight. We're going to get it done. So let's take him to the auto salvage yard and put him through that metal grinder so that the entire city can witness that if he comes back from this, we're, we're dealing with supernatural. We went back, yes, we right. went back to public hangings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the sheriff, the sheriff from the second film, this isn't how it's done. It is tonight. And, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. 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 And then they Mussolini him all the way over yeah. to the... Hey, I like that sheriff. I would have liked more of sure. the sheriff. But I, I kind of... I did like the, that whole sequence. I mean, honestly... The parade and then... To, to me, the I'm like, how are they going to make how are they going to try to visually convince me that there is an end to Michael Myers? 
literally grinding his core, you know, like mm-hmm. the the corpse, so that I can just. If see- there's a glimmer of life in there where he comes back in the third act, you know, yeah. no. Like I mean, if you resuscitate this one, then you're right, Joe. This is truly a supernatural entity yeah. that goes beyond man. In, right. in well, a and that's the thing way. with like like the first one. I I felt like they they rode that line pretty well. Of like, is he just a man? Is he some kind of right? Like yeah, supernatural being. Yeah, and I feel like in in these like they were trying they heavy handedly went on that when he touches the kid and shares his like killer instinct with him or whatever. Like, yeah. I guess that was trying to get you to believe more that it's a supernatural entity. Yeah, I think they're they're doing a mix. You, yeah. You're right. I think I think there is this kind of but it, but as you but as you were talking about before, it was sort of not handled all that elegantly. Yeah. So it, you have to infer these things. It's like okay, so are they saying that the this evil is like almost like a power that people can transfer to one another. See, I think that if the, if the original Halloween is part of this canon, and it is, then he is supernatural. The the disappearing at the end of Halloween from the ground when he's fallen off the balcony yeah. mm-hmm. infers that he is supernatural. Really? You that's, think so? That's always the way that I've taken it. Because I just think he was quick. Loomis's gun, go. No, Loomis's gunshots would have killed a Oh, ma- man, I miss killed, Loomis so much. Killed yeah. a person. <laughs> They would yeah. have killed a yeah. person, yeah, yeah, and then a fall, and yeah. then a bleed out. Yeah. But no, he's gone. And then, of course, if he's back for 2018's Halloween, then you know, f- full, full, fully healed. Yeah, that seems a little supernatural yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear what you're. Where I you're took going. the eyeball gaze uh, as a transference of power, yeah. like a, like a supernatural thing. Yeah, and Lori's narrating in her book. And a flashback to he is not just a man. There's he's supernatural, and then then she says, "No, he is just a man." In in her yeah, writing of right. this memoir, I, I don't know. Like I said, yeah. the film, this film was broken. Guys, it's 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 frustrating. Oh, we got to talk about the tongue. We have to talk about the tongue. Oh, that was pretty brutal. I loved that. Uh, yeah, like some of the kills in this film weren't bad. Agreed, right? Agreed. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, they do they do disgusting the, kills. Yeah, there's like, a DJ. Yeah. Here yeah. and I mean, for for all vinyl fetishists out there, yeah. there there's a wonderful uh, tongue on a turntable scene. It's, yeah, it's getting just, bumped by the needle yeah. as it goes around yeah. and around. And I feel like that that's the easiest parts on a slasher film and on on Halloween is yeah. to do great kills. And I mean, my my mom's a huge fan of of Halloween. She that's yeah. the only like killer movie she watches. Michael yeah. Myers, and she's like, I just close my eyes, I can't watch that. And I'm like, I understand, but. They were. That was the one thing I'd give them that the kills were were good. Okay, and the kill, yeah, I, agree, I agree. And the kills in the original Halloween are very tame. Yeah, there's a well, there's a knitting yeah. needle to the eye. Okay, yeah. or because I think in the, that one it's more about the 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 tension and the the sure. fear yeah. in in, in the and, air. and it's also him creating. You yeah. know, basically. Yeah, creating. I mean, you yeah. Can't, not everybody can be John Carpenter. No, yeah. no. Yeah. I think it was no. Friday Although, the Thirteenth. Again, later, credit where credit is due, where John Carpenter is still is in the score. Which I think is flawless. There was nothing I detected there that I didn't like. It yeah. helped many of the scenes along. Like even when I wasn't necessarily there narratively and yeah. and, and really engaging with the characters and their relationships, his score was still really really yeah. good. One yeah. of the things we touch on on this kind of new release episode of All Horror October that we do every year is the state of horror, and I think that you have to look at this through the franchise lens and yeah. oftentimes for these franchises get tired. Um, there was a big, big gap in the last franchise film that we did uh, earlier this year, Scream. And I think that that gap served the audience because it, it they weren't just on top of us all of the time and we could 
play with these characters, the main characters from it's the also original, a franchise being older. That it was built upon the idea of rotating killers too. Sure, so you didn't have this problem and irony and very yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's a different animal. There's right. absolutely no doubt yeah. about it. But this seems like a three film addition to the franchise that got more tired and more tired and more yeah, tired yeah. as it went, which often is the case for the yeah. franchise. I, but I don't, I can't think of other franchises that are up and going right now. Mm. Terrifier two just came out, but I didn't see the first one or the second. Or I one. guess like the, is it, is it Blumhouse that does like the, damn, I can't think of it. The, the, the haunting movies are uh, oh, the, are Annabelle and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, the, they have like a universe, right? I think I've you're never right. Conjuring, Conjuring universe, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Blumhouse? I don't know. I don't. I'm not too sure. But there are definitely back, a few going. Going back guys. to Scream, yeah. I why I loved Scream so much. I not to jump too off, too much off, but jump. the first one was very much like a meta version of a slasher mm-hmm. film, and so I thought that it was, was a narration of, yeah, the, yeah. of the of yeah. the irony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you know I I think. I, I hate to say it, but I do think that this final installment, it, it probably puts me in a place where I feel like overall this David Gordon Green, Danny McBride extension of Halloween is ultimately not a true success. Um, but I just wish that they, I, I feel like if they had planned it out from the first film that they did for this trajectory to have been part of it. They could have brought characters like Corey in earlier. Mm-hmm. They could have maybe planted the seeds for Lori to be like, yes, tough as nails, but also like, so at the end of her rope that maybe she needed a change in her life. You know, it's just, I think there could have been things that could have been done to make this story work where they ultimately went, but they didn't do it yeah. with those prior two I think two they films. brought on like two other writers for this one too. Is that, yes, yeah, you're yeah, right, yeah, you're yeah. right. So it, it kind of feels jumbled up. Yeah. yeah, and it's too bad because I see the reverence, I see what they were trying to do, and I applaud some of what they were trying to do, but ultimately, and especially with this film, I feel like it just didn't quite land. And it's tough because I think any time, you know, with these franchises, when you are stepping into a narrative universe that somebody else has already sort of set the tone for mm-hmm. and created something around how do you add to that how do you build that out i think that's a really challenging question there's not that many examples to really show people where it's like okay that's how you do it yeah i think the first of their films the 2018 film was pretty close in part because it was so uh it was so close i mean it had the you know again bringing back carpenter for the score Mm -hmm. just repeating some of the same kind of beats in terms of Mm -hmm. who gets killed when and how they like i think there was enough that it felt like almost like an update of the first film while it was also extending the first film but then to kind of you know try to pull it out and tease it out further i think it got it got jumbled it got jumbled yeah i mean it's always going to be hard to take on a masterful work like halloween yeah like it's just i I rewatched it i rewatched it for this Yeah. yeah yeah and i it, it, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. It's yeah. one of them. Uh, forget the horror. It, it, it is yeah. so well crafted from score. Oh, the, from, I was going to say from the opening credits and the, and the jack-o'-lantern, yeah. which they've had some version of that more or less, yeah. you know, what y'all think of this ones, the jack-o'-lantern and the, the opening ones credits. that are like the inception They're morphing into one yeah. another. Yeah. Popping yeah. yeah. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I mean, but it's weird because I, I kind of was like, okay, maybe I'm going to like this movie. But I think that's just been done so many times that I'm just like, ah, yeah. you're, 
it, it's doing it again and again and yeah. again. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you take something and you put it up on the shelf and you let it sit and then you revisit it years later and you add something beautiful to it. Sometimes you don't. With this beer, which I put up on a shelf around oh, 2018, and now I'm dragging down for us yeah. four years later. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel like this one has 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 it? Is it supernatural or is it a hobo I, in exactly the sewer? right? I mean, right. is this a, is this a mere mortal beer or is this a beer that transcends all space time? Uh, I think I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm surprised because. I was serious when I when I took my first little sniff yeah. of it. I did get some soy sauce. I'm not getting it in the flavor not at very all. much. Not at all. That pumpkin has aged nicely. It's yeah. it's it does not. The pumpkinator has never hit you over the head with the pumpkin, which I'm not a fan of those beers right. that do that. The whole oh it, too it, heavy. Yeah, yeah. And it, it it's become a joke in this part of the of the year that pumpkin spice is on everything. Pumpkin spice charmin. <laughs> I saw a meme about that. You know. Um, I kind of fell into that when I went to Massachusetts. Like, we literally <laughs> well, had well, you're a... You're surrounded by, uh, you know, leaves that are never changing color. Never seen like that in my life. <laughs> right. like, they made us... They gave us a pumpkin there beer in a pint with, like, dressing of, like, cinnamon and oh, caramel. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was total fall, bitch. Like, mood... <laughs> It was great. <laughs> so this well, wait, when, when you're when you're near Salem, I think you totally get the yeah, excuse. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is that time of year where pumpkins, the beer, the pumpkin beers are on the shelves. Yeah. yeah. And the pumpkin beers that try to outdo each other with how much pumpkin we can shove into that twelve or sixteen ounces. I'm never a fan of. That's not happening here. It's yeah. there, and it's subtle, and that's the way I like my pumpkin in a beer. Uh, the ABV is working really, really well for me. It's got a nice, like a, almost like a heat to it, like mm-hmm. a, like a like a jalapeno beer almost. Yeah, the cinnamon the, spice. Yeah, kind it's of there, that. and it's yeah. and it's really it's it's doing a good job. I'm so glad you opened up this cellar treasure for us tonight, David. Thank you. Well, cool. Well, I'm glad Dragon One out of the cellar worked well here. Maybe not for the Halloween franchise, but for this beer. <laughs> um, when we come back from the break... We're a gonna... budding franchise. I didn't even think about it when I made that franchise yeah, point earlier. We're going to be talking about a budding franchise um, that, that has at least one more installment uh, yep. down the road. But we're, we're going to take a, a little look at its uh, midpoint here when we get back. Well, thanks, well Josh. done. Thank you for bringing us back into this second half. It's good to see you again. I can't emphasize more how important that Jodaworski episode was that you guessed it on as far as like the through line of yeah. what we have talked about ever since. And oh, I had so much. Both of the other times I joined y'all, I've had a great time and I'm always very intimidated because I listen to y'all all the time. Wait, now was Joe on? I'm trying to remember because I remember doing the first episode with you with Joe. Yeah, he was. He was. He was because okay, we right. did the, it was the um, black metal movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, That's why I'm thinking yeah. like he was, but you were, you, you I th- did I that with no, I didn't. He was, yeah. yeah. Right, right. But Because yeah. I took the rogue beer. I remember yes, that. Yes, yeah. You yes, did. Yes. I remember. That was fun. No, it's, it's always great to have you. Thank you for coming back again. Um, Our very first live event, not live event, but get together was going to be a screening at for Santa Sangre, that's right? Yeah, and then the yeah. pandemic yeah. put yeah. all that to yeah. rest. Yeah, we got to do another one of those now that we're sure, re- sure, we're sure. back to that. Um, well, we do have another film to tackle, guys. Another new nightmare. I'm excited. However, before we do that, we're going to get some more beer in our glasses. Um, this is, I guess. 
maybe a trend in all horror October is that we're going to benefit from the benevolence of our another guest of ours, Emily, uh, who, who was on our Nope episode back in the summer. And she brought us back some beer from California, where she was living for a while, but now has moved back to uh, the Coastal Bend, and, and we're happy to have her back. But we're also happy to have this beer she brought back for us. This is from Alesmith which I believe we have at least had. We their, had their Speedway Stout back you. in episode 179. Perfect. And I'm checking my list. I'm writing my list. I'm checking it twice for our Bammies. Yeah. Uh, that Speedway Stout is such a good beer. That's right at the top, yeah. Uh, well, this is a, a little different. This is a pale ale from them. This is 394, and I know that there's got to be some reference. I didn't look it up. Probably the can will tell me if I read it. It's saying Alesmith, San Diego Pale Ale. 394 pays tribute to the city that Tony loved. Oh, career high batting average that he achieved. So this is to Tony, who was a San Diego baseball player. Right. Is that Tony Gwynn? I, I, I don't know. I, I, oh, wrong, wrong room, David. B- Bam listeners who are sports, sports fans are room. just like, what the heck are you? Okay. Fantastic well, anyway. pairing considering the baseball horror we're about to do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a 6% pale ale from uh, Alesmith out of San Diego, California. We're going to get some in our glasses. Thank you, Emily, again. Yeah. Crack both? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's well, yours. absolutely. Oh, For twelve okay. ounces. Okay. okay. Um, open up a couple and we'll share as we go. That's right. We're gonna gotcha. share liberally and enjoy this as we talk about another horror film that's kind of it's part of a franchise, but more of a budding franchise. In fact, a franchise that we reviewed the very first film in it. We did this this year. Yeah. I <laughs> loved the loved, turnaround loved on that this movie. Yeah, the turnaround on this project was amazing back in episode one eighty seven. We yeah. did Ty West's X. Uh, along with the sacrament, and prior to that, we had done his um, House of the Devil. That's the right. only Ty West horror film we haven't done is The Innkeeper, which I said on this X episode. I'm sorry, yeah, X episode was my least favorite of his that I've seen. The yeah. Innkeepers. I really liked that one. I liked that he did a ghost story, like, and I liked that it was The Innkeepers. I haven't seen. Yeah. It. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. Not okay. Yet. Yeah. It, it was streaming it's... somewhere. Yeah, back you then. got it. I, I, I will start by saying I'm maybe I'm biased. I love everything Ty West does. Ever since I saw House of the Devil, like I, I remember showing my older brother, and he was like, "Not until the credits did he realize it was a new movie." Yeah, and he just I think he's perfect at at kind of taking an older genre or an era, but not hitting you over the head with it yeah. until like X and Pearl. I feel like that one's a little heavy handed. But not in a bad way for me. But what- I, I hope I I'm glad to hear you say that. But I think you're right that he he's obviously I think like our filmmakers in the first half very much interested in cinema history, interested mm-hmm. in what mm-hmm. came before, paying homage, doing these things. Though I think Ty West is a little bit. I mean, he's not he's not inserting himself into a franchise that already exists. So yeah. he has he has the liberty to kind of create his mm-hmm. own stuff yeah. alongside what's going on with it. But you're right. I mean, watching his films, House of the Devil was the first that I saw too. Yeah. And I remember seeing that in the theater when it came out because I had heard other people say like, yeah. oh, you know, other people I knew who were horror people say, yeah. you got to go see House of the Devil. And once I did, like almost immediately, I'm like, oh, I get why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to yeah. see this because it's just pitch perfect 80s horror homage, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I- satanic panic. Yeah. 
Oh man! But even back Tom to like Noonan. even oh. back to the seventies too, with like yeah that old feeling of like Rosemary's Baby yeah. and and stuff yeah. like that. Like I I mean I'm, I hope I'm correct that Rosemary's Baby was the seventies. Like, uh, late sixties. Late sixties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It kind of like leads into yeah. It yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, sets yeah. the tone for seventies horror. But yeah. Oh. Close enough. We'll let you stay. <laughs> I I'm not the historian. I want to point out that in X, our review of X, all three of us were blown away also by that 70s feel of pre Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. uh, in the canon of when the film was presented. That they worked hard to make that look like a gritty old 16 right. millimeter film. And that movie, I know we don't. You already reviewed it, but it was like Chainsaw Massacre meets Boogie Nights in the best way. You, like, absolutely, yeah, that's a great yeah. that's a great capsule description because you're right. It brings together those worlds yeah. of low budget filmmaking and horror and mm-hmm. low budget filmmaking and pornography, and it sort of interweaves them in this really fun and interesting way that both again fits well with the mode with with the model that we've seen in films like texas chainsaw massacre but also takes it in some interesting directions that you hadn't really thought of mm-hmm. those films doing before and i think really maybe kicks it up to the next level with that um double performance yeah. by mia god yeah. yeah which is really what we're capitalizing here in this film yeah that we're going to be reviewing properly today. i listened again to our ex review and it helped me out because i didn't have an opportunity to watch the film again i wish i could have had the time to do that i was busy this weekend i'll talk about that in after hours <laughs> beer uh patreon.com slash beer movie podcast which I was mentioned on the last one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I got really worried. I, well, <laughs> I, I, think, I think all... Uh, well, yeah, we can talk about that in the yeah, after yeah. hours. But it was all positive. Okay. Was all, we're we're okay. going to talk about that. It'll I be, drank a lot back then. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> all that was spoken about was the existence of a photograph. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a good teaser. <laughs> and more. Sorry, Joe. I no, you. it's okay. Uh, I said in that X episode that... Pearl, the the ninety year old woman in X, had a sex drive still. Remember, mm-hmm. and her husband yes. had a heart condition where he could not. Yeah. And I said, I don't know. I, I said, I, I don't know why she's got this. Uh, you know, she speaks in X about how her she wanted to be a dancer when she was yeah. young, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how those dreams were dashed. But they have announced a prequel. Well, here we go. Yeah. This is Pearl's backstory, going back to 1918, the year of the Spanish flu. They are in a pandemic at that mm-hmm. point. The world war not an accident. On. Not an accident. Yeah. This is not Ty all. West being very, very intelligent. I'm just going to read this off of um, and Mia Goth. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Mia Goth is Co- one of my favorite Co- co-writer, watch. co-writer, yeah. co-producer yeah. now. Uh, trapped on her family's isolated farm, Pearl, the 90-year-old character, now she's, uh, what, 61 years younger? Yeah. Is my math close? Must tend to her ailing father under the bitter and overbearing watch of her devout mother. Hoping for a more glamorous life, Pearl's ambitions, temptations, and repressions all collide to horrific effect. I'll add to that little synopsis, because I think that it's fun to synopsize as we go sometimes. That her husband is off uh, fighting in World War One. That's right. She was a very young bride, which was very custom back then. To uh, they married a little younger. Uh, then the husband could, left. Could have had married into a better family that mm. she thought she was maybe going to get off yeah. this farm yeah. with her family. But he decides he wants to be right where she is, and so she's stuck on this farm that she felt like she might escape from. Sure, her mother is a German uh, immigrant farming in Texas, as you've said. Very German. Very German. Very very German. <laughs> very <laughs> very aware, accurate or not, I don't know, but her opinion is that 
the German farmers in Texas there are judged very harshly, so we have to keep mind our P's and Q's, yeah. make sure that we're always acting appropriately. Uh, but she's very controlling of Pearl, and Pearl's desire is to be that dancer, is to go to the movies and see a life that isn't this life. And we learn very early on in the film that she's got sociopathic tendencies in that she is an animal uh, killer, an animal torturer. And uh, she does have her pet alligator that we, that I guess is the great grandfather of the one that we saw in X, who she will dispose some of her carnage to. Uh, her father is an invalid that requires constant care. He's yeah. uh, in a wheelchair and can't even speak. He's very immobile and very motionless. And uh, he looked we, like, we can go from there. He uh, looked like Daniel Plainview to me every time oh, I saw him. Oh, that's him. interesting. And mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it was at all intentional, but yeah. he just, that's right. what I kept thinking in Not my head. Not a milkshake to be found. Yeah. <laughs> no. And no kids getting hurt, which was good for me. There you go. Yeah. 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 No, we, we, we kept the violence to adults. Yeah. yeah. And animals, I guess. And yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> where, where. I guess in, I lost that part now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where X very much feels like a film from the 70s. Uh, let's start with this. The cinematography and tone presented in Pearl is like an MGM film uh, back when color was first really kicking up and, and well, getting into the Technicolor wide frame yeah. from I mean, we, the get We have to, right out the gate, Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, Wizard yeah. of Oz is a clear touchstone for a lot of the look of this film and even some of the little story beats that we Yeah, and here. the musical parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... The Scarecrow sequence. Oh <laughs> my god, I loved that. Oh, it's so Man. unhinged. It's so strange, yeah. and it, and it totally shows you how far. Like, it, I mean, I do like you know fairly early on, like Joe says, it establishes that Pearl has this kind of sociopathic yeah. tendency. Yeah, um, that she can be cruel and and kill and. Feel, but then that sequence where we get her returning home from the film on a bicycle, on a bicycle, right? Uh, a la Dorothy Gale, stopping in the cornfield to have this kind of fanciful yeah. uh, dance sequence with an actual scarecrow, not one that comes to life, but but that she finds life in and and yeah. essentially masturbates herself on. Yeah. I mean, as if she's having sex with it. You- it it is just, I mean. I was sitting in the theater and it was one of those moments where I was just like jaw dropped, eyes wide open. You're doing this. You're taking the sacred family text of Wizard of Oz and you are sort of- Perverting it? Exactly. Like in in this very vivid way that in terms of like- the, in terms of the cinematography, in terms of yeah. how it's shot and everything, is actually paying great homage to it. Oh my! But then, God. The, even the narrative part of it of it showing you her isolation, yeah, and it's showing yep. you how lonely she is and how she has nobody and she's just like longing for some escape. companion. She yeah, wants escape. to get out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's the Dorothy Gale's Gale story, right? I mean, it's it's <laughs> yeah. so yeah. funny to yeah. think like the, as their basis. You know what I mean? Like that uh, West and Goth kind of got this idea. Well, okay. So, you know, obviously West had written X and got her involved. And and so like had this idea that, okay, there's this woman on this farm who's had this sort of repressed life and hasn't had it. As I understand it, they had a, uh, they did, they shot X during the quarantine. I'm sorry. During the pandemic. Right. In New Zealand. And they were quarantined for two weeks and they could not work. So they said, let's, let's, let's explore her backstory. Pearls, and that turned into let's write a script 
worst case scenario, we've got a great backstory and your character is better. Best case scenario, we got a complete script and right. A24 fell in love with that script that they that yeah. they uh, had written. Yeah. And, and also I think smelled the eminent success of X. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it, it just, I felt like Pearl wasn't as, I don't know how to put it, but like action packed maybe as X was. No, was a lot I going. think you're right. But I loved that. I loved how like, I know it's it overused. character driven. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I know like slow burns overused a lot, but it definitely lets you ease into the characters. There's a lot of dialogue scenes that to me I loved. Like yeah. I was totally in it. And you don't get with as enough many... with enough off kilter, enough yeah. strange yeah. Yeah. mixed in with the oh very familiar like oh this technicolor yeah. world that we're in this far it it was I mean I think you're right that it, it sort of takes its time building this story building this character for us but it's giving us all this eye candy mm-hmm. and these little set pieces that kind of play out that's enough to kind of keep you going it yeah. never feels it never feels slow to me no it, no no, it, no so i don't want to use that term no but, but, I, yeah. but i hear what you're saying yeah. is that it takes its time it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have to go kill 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 well, kill because it's it's only a few actors and they they do great i mean the yeah. dad doesn't do much but no. move his eyes and right but yeah. and and just to like i was blown away with the projectionist stuff yeah as a projectionist or former projectionist uh did you ever have any similar stories <laughs> actually why i exited that's for after hours right okay no. Good, good. No, no. Whereas uh, a beautiful but, young woman would yeah, knock on the door to yeah, have sex, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And now she's my fiance. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to well, hear that the story. Out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it doesn't have to go off the yeah. rails. <laughs> don't make her mad. <laughs> we don't have any scarecrows around. Don't reject around, her or make her feel judged yeah. because that's when Pearl snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pearl several snaps. times in the film. I'm going to be honest. If only. That would have been a great tie-in. I wish we could have gotten some of that. <laughs> That's the sequel. I also thought about Pearl, because they have started putting Pearl beer out again. Yeah. But we don't get it in this market for oh, whatever son reason. Of a bitch. Yeah. But those, those when she's walking through the projection booth, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I love this. Yeah. I love it. And his cinematography is amazing. Well, like, and always. The, the, now, the, the he, film. He works hard to put a specific tone out. Yeah. And all of the films that we suggested, the sacrament is what it is. It's a, It's the... Uh, the, the vice right yeah, is that the website it's basically the vice.com the uh, what kind of cameras are they going to use oh, yeah, on a remote yeah, location yeah, yeah. to yeah. shoot that that's what it's shot in but that's still the exact same thing we're talking about trying to resemble exactly what is being presented here 80s uh, house of the devil 70s x and now the, the early 20th century in this yeah. film right wonderfully done well and and so i love that the projection is character like you say josh this is a it's a fairly small film in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. the cast is not large. Uh-uh. But the characters they bring in, that projectionist character who never really gets, right? He doesn't get named, or does mm-hmm. he? I don't think so because she just I, says the, the I, boy from the projection booth yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a great sequence it, 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 and it sets, it, it kind of plants a seed for this, you know, the, this kind of overblown aspiration that that comes in, like where she really thinks that this is a possibility for yeah. her. Uh, but even right there, he weaves in, Ty, Ty West weaves in the um, the short silent film, the pornographic silent yeah. film, yeah, yeah, stag yeah, yeah, film, yeah. which Under, know, underground stag film, is which is a real like he found mm-hmm. a 1915 film uh, called A Free Ride that has circulated ever since. That is one of the first recorded instances of people making a pornographic piece yeah. of cinema or whatever that I mean to me again 
I love. I mean, I'm a, I'm a I'm a lover of film history. Yeah. And I love it when filmmakers look at the expansive film history and think about how do I fit into this and how do I tell stories mm-hmm. within that framework. And and to me, Ty West, like with what he's done with films like House of the Devil, with X, with mm-hmm. this, with even the Sacrament, yeah. which, like he shows me again and again and again that he is that kind of filmmaker who has this real interest in not just telling his own stories, but thinking about how stories got told before and how he can interact with that and be in conversation. I always felt like the sacrament was like him doing with Jonestown, what PT did with uh, Scientology and the master in the master. Oh, that's interesting. I like that parallel. Because it basically sacraments, basically like Jonestown without it is. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I, that I love everything. I don't know if y'all catch the early, Publicity that went out for Pearl, which was Pearl's Peep Show. No, I didn't. I don't remember that. No, okay. what was that? Uh, I, I read a headline: Pearl, uh, upcoming film Pearl releases website detailing early pornography. It's pearlspeepshow.com. And as a uh, a person on this web on this show that wants to do a high level of research, I did go mm-hmm. to pearlspeepshow.com. <laughs> Only for the research. Only for the research, research. purposes, of course. Uh, correct. It was a seven-hour project. It turned out <laughs> uh, over the course of many, many, many days, 15, 10, 15 minutes at a time. Tiring. Tiring. I was exhausted. Uh, no, I'm kidding. It, but But... I am not kidding. There is that website. I don't know if it's still up, but at the time, it it was a, a portal of uh-huh. of uh, turn early of the century, early early wow. pornography, and I was shocked at its. You know, you, you think of that as being a more modest time, but there mm-hmm. everything happens. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it sets up the X notion that Pearl do, is a sexual being. Yeah, that that, that is is craving whatever now her whatever her <laughs> husband does return at the end of the film yeah. right to this ghastly scene of uh again some more chainsaw massacre texas chainsaw massacre total homage yeah. of a bunch of her dead parents and i guess like the rotting pig right but the projectionist was he at the table too i can't no no okay. no no because she she i thought did she feed him to the to the yes she yeah. i think she feeds him to the alligator but yeah. but uh um yeah, no, it's the, the mother and, and the father, mom are there, the yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But she, and then that credit sequence oh of God. her just like, oh man, smiling face with twitching yeah. eyebrows oh, and twitching that they hold that. for the yeah. entire credits, yes. the entire yeah. credits. Uh, and Harold is her husband. Mm-hmm. He, he, that's the old man in X, correct? Right. I mean, yeah. Right. Okay. It so, is. so when he gets back from the war, he takes on what she has told Mitzi, her sister-in-law, who she kills and yeah. very vividly oh. hacks up into bits to feed to the alligator as well. Yeah. yeah. I can make this right and when Harold gets home from the war I will create a home for him here and the farm will be a place where we if I can just make yeah. this right if I can so all the questions that we had in X that I literally said out loud yeah. during that episode are answered here I think very 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 effectively. Her monologue to the sister-in-law, oh, oh yeah, God. and the fact that the sister-in-law, you can talk to me, act like I'm yeah. him, and then yeah. they she show didn't know her what really, she was about to hear. She wouldn't have said it. Oh man, like I and and it, it's just it was so satisfying after our, like most all the movie to see her do that, to see like her going through it, and yeah. then they they show one reaction, but then they go back to Mia Goth, yeah. they stick with her for the whole monologue, yeah. the rest of it, and then they show the sister-in-law's reaction, and you know she's not going home. I think I out loudly said she's not going home. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think she realizes she's during the yeah. monologue, yeah. I'm probably yeah. about yes. to be killed. Yes. Yes. Uh, I need to leave now. Yeah. You're going to keep uh, my secret, right? And then she comes out of that house. When with she asked her, too, that you got the part, and she knows she doesn't want to admit to her that she got the part. Oh, I didn't think she got the part. I thought she was lying no, she, to she, say she got oh, the part to get out of the house because she was not going to take no I for understand an answer. where you're coming from. I, I don't know that I feel, but the way that she did it, it was convincing enough to me where I was like, oh, even if she didn't get the part. She's going to say she got the part because right. she, it's her only move Although, right now. If yeah. she if she well, continues, they, they asked for a blonde. Right, they said yeah, they, they set wanted, up yeah, that Mitzi yeah, yeah. would be. No, it makes she, sense, and yeah. she yeah. may well have been picked. Yeah. It's like it, we don't see that for yeah. sure. But but I'm going to get killed if case, I don't say the yeah, right thing it's here. Just, where where are, where are your parents? I, your dad's yeah. always here, and where else could he be? Yeah. I mean, I think that she's realizing all of that during yeah. this soliloquy that was so masterfully presented in the audition. How it goes into her fantasy, like yes. uh, dance number yes. with the soldiers. Yeah, Mitzi explains that there's going to be a, a dance, uh, an audition to join yeah. a dance troupe that would travel, and this is exactly what Pearl would love to do to get off of the farm. She talks many times during the movie about how she wants to be the biggest star the world yeah. has ever known, and of course, you know, I- any excuse to be rescued from my existence here at this. Yeah horrible horrible lonely place but and the interesting thing too is that even though her mom's pretty abusive she like even admits that she understands like she had her mom had a hard life she knows why she's that way to her but it's also what was driving her to be i mean i guess a killer but even her mom says like people are going to find out about the things i i see you do when you think nobody's looking yes like right like so dark she (laughs) knew it is it is and it's I, i don't know it's fascinating because you know, Pearl is obviously a lover of the magic of movies, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that that's that's part of, I think, the story of this film is somebody being totally swept up in the magic mm-hmm. of film um, and, and believing that they can be there, which is part of the magic for all of us, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you, you get transported and you yeah. just feel this kind of like, oh, I could, you know, like, look at these magical places I could be in this stuff. And so there's something relatable there. Yeah. But obviously she, she also has this deep flaw <laughs> yeah which she doesn't want to take a uh, critique or being turned down because she loses it when yeah. yeah yeah well she yeah she has and she's had no um she's had she's had no ability to sort of be brought into that right none of her upbringing was about being an artist was about being yeah. somebody good and and she has some talent mm-hmm. right i mean mm-hmm. it's it's hard to separate the character from mia goth because yeah. she's in, obviously an incredibly talented actress and she's doing these things so but i i feel like that dance sequence it's not terrible it's not like there there's something just fatally flawed and and even the commentary that she gets mm-hmm. from the casting uh, folks is you know not you're totally wrong for this but yeah we want somebody blonder we want somebody mm-hmm. as you know, all like, american girl look- right like yeah. she just doesn't happen to fit what the feminine ideal is of that particular moment in time um could she have been a successful actress? Maybe, like if she had been given the shot. But it really doesn't matter because she's also a sociopathic killer, mm-hmm. and, and that's and that's really the bigger defining character trait here. I read a little bit about the upcoming sequel to X. Uh-huh. It's called Maxine, right? Uh, triple, With three X's, tri- triple X. Yeah, and it is oh. going, as I Vin understand Diesel? it, it's going to be in the eighties. <laughs> Say it again, Vin Diesel, triple X. <laughs> Bring back the triple X. I <laughs> hope so. That- Come on, God! Now, that's the that crossover we so <laughs> much money. Most ambitious crossover ever. Right. But yeah, you know it's going to be set go, in the eighties. <laughs> family, 
<laughs> family. Um, it's going to be in the, in the 80s yeah. uh, about like uh, the, tr- the transition from porn into uh, Ooh, from, from video, film to video. From film to yeah. video. Yeah. With again with the Boogie Nights. And yeah, yeah. we pointed out at the end of our X review that the end of X, the film, showed that scene when the, when the crime scene at the house is being surveyed. Yeah of the black and white television with the preacher on it yeah. that talks about his daughter that had been taken yes. away, which we learn was Maxine. Maxine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to it oh, now. Yeah. This, oh, yeah. this is a one-two punch X and Pearl. Absolutely. This is one of those. I mean, this is We're watching such, something great be born. Such an amazing, because yeah. we talked about franchise yeah. and franchises in the past with horror, I feel like have been more happenstance. It's like, okay, is this going to be good? Is this a hit? Okay. Then we'll do another one. And, but it's and, also, there's also no depth of character. Let's get well, Freddy to do right. more Let's shit. Let's get Jason to do more shit. These kills. Let's put Jason in space. We're out of ideas. This killer yeah. again and these kills. Freddy he, versus Jason. Here, like you were saying earlier, Joe, this was born out of more of a director, writer, and an actor collaborating yeah. and really seeing this potential for a what was sort of a a very underdeveloped character in one film to really be fully developed in, in another yeah. film. And they just did it so well with so much style and so much flair yeah. that... With so much talent. So much talent. Available Absolutely. to them Absolutely. to execute. I think, I think, too, with like doing a trilogy, because now he, he, with Maxine yeah. it's going to be a trilogy, which is like pretty classic in horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you can do a trilogy. They did a new Halloween trilogy, but it just doesn't feel genuine. And then you're like, okay, you're taking something that's already been made. Yeah. And then with Ty West doing his, even though there's a lot of references to previous film history, it just it's still his own kind of created thing, mm-hmm. not just taking an old franchise and trying to like revive it. Like, yeah. So I think uh, I think that gives more props to Ty West for that too. Yeah. And to do this in a year, I mean, less than a yeah. year to yeah. these two films. Yeah. Right. And Maxine, I guess is maybe coming in 2024. Do we know what the ex- expected oh, release? Big, I think they're going to shoot it, it next, next year. year. Oh, really? Well, I, I don't think they've shot it yet. Anyhow, but yeah. the fact that they were able to do X and have this one come out just months later. And the surprise element of it, like them announcing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's astounding. I really feel like this is one of those accomplishments in horror filmmaking that people should be putting on a pedestal and saying, this is something that a filmmaker might aspire to. But yeah. this, this guy, th- to me, this establishes Ty West. Like, I already loved him, already thought what he was doing was really cool and it really affected me. This puts him up in that upper echelon yeah. where I feel like I'm going to be thinking of him like I do a John Carpenter or a Wes Craven or or some of these other Toby mm-hmm. Hooper, great filmmakers who really did something different with the genre yeah. at some level. When I watch anything of Ty West, he's one of those directors, and this happens for me with musicians and movie makers. I'm just like, I don't want to make movies. I can't. Like, <laughs> like, it's too intimidating. Yeah, it's yeah, too yeah, intimidating. yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, and then, yeah, but everything, and I just... And I guess my, one of my buddies gets on me about it. He's like, oh, you you just know you're going to like the movie because you like the director. I was like, well, I mean, he hasn't done me wrong yet. Like, yeah. there's no reason I probably won't like it. But I wouldn't – I would – I would try to be honest, but you, you won't give I mean? him a pass. See, I think I, I hear, I hear where your friend's coming from, and I understand. Yeah. Like we, we can all be fanboys for certain things. Yeah. I get it. I'm, I'm that way. I'm that way about certain things. But then there is some level where, like, okay, I mean, I'll go back to the first half of the episode. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride have been a couple favorites of mine for yeah. a long time. I've liked a lot of what they do. I mean, I find 
many things to like and even some of the stuff that your highness for a man. like mm-hmm. there's stuff that they've done that's just most people have just dis- you know discarded that i i still have liked and yet i still i'm gonna call them out when i see and you know halloween ends you were ambitious i see it but it didn't quite land and i think i'd do the same with ty west if, if ty yeah. west it with maxine doesn't stick the landing here yeah. and and has the sort of stumbles into a final chapter of this trilogy i'll I will admit that I will. I think I will try to be a critical viewer there and say yeah. like it didn't happen. But but I'm you know. Like I mean, you two, say, out, two out of three is would still oh, be yeah, pretty great. It would great. still be a yeah. great little yeah. thing that he had yeah. done. But I I have a feeling. Oh, he's I've, really got good. I've got faith. I've got <laughs> me faith. Too, me too. He's on a positive trajectory. Yeah. Hey, David. In early ter- in early 2014, Tony Gwynn's team approached Smith to create a distinctive beer for the baseball legend. A meeting was called at the Gwynn household, which included a sampling of Smith beers to identify Tony's preferences. He wanted the beer to be, quote, light with a kick, which he elaborated further to mean full of hop character and light in body and color. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Smith San Diego Pale Ale 394 pays tribute to the city that Tony loved and the career-high batting average that he achieved in 1994. I can't believe that I actually got that name without even looking. It was Tony Gwynn. I'm glad you didn't say Danza. That would have been really embarrassing. <laughs> hey, I probably I would, would have said that. I would never be embarrassed about saying Tony Danza. He's name. not a what, what famous we, baseball why player. Why have we not done a Danza film? He didn't do many films. He's I don't. A TV I can't actor think of me. anything. Um, but was this film the boss? <sighs> you, you know, this was a very enjoyable pale ale. I think you I know. Agree. Th- this is one of those styles that I think we take for granted very often because again as a pale ale it's not going to be as hot forward as an india yeah. pale ale it's not going to hit you over the head with that it doesn't get a lot of sexy play the pale ales right the IPA six, takes six percent kind of yeah. right in the mid middle range there where it's not going to be like oh wow you're a big boy or oh this is a light you know yeah. no it's right in the middle there it's kind of in the pocket I, I mean, this isn't an ostentatious beer. This isn't a beer that's going to jump out and spook you. But It's got more hops than I see in a pale ale typically. Mine went down really easily. Mm-hmm. And I could imagine being at Alesmith or, or you know a place with this on tap and having two or three of these. and really I could have a whole six-pack and then invite Pearl to my projection booth. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> For some pale ales. <laughs> Hey, baby, want to watch a porno? <laughs> and the, the fact that she wasn't really phased by that kind of gives you a hint of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got, yeah, she's such an interesting character. And Mia Goth is such an she interesting She said, got one with a scarecrow in it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a few years. Honey. Well, there were versions of Wizard of Oz by then, actually. So that, right? There's yeah. an old black and white. Like sign, a 1912. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe he could have shown her that. <laughs> yeah. That's the deleted scenes. Oh, fun stuff. Well, I'm. It, it's always exciting when we take a look at a film and we know that this isn't the end. Like th- there's going to mm-hmm. be... It, well, when we like it and then we know like, oh, there's still another chapter to yeah. come in, in this story. So I'm super excited, and I hope when Maxine lands that we will all be together again. In fact, let's make sure let let's make a tentative date. Yeah, when Maxine lands, we'll have you back on to Wonderful. make sure that we as long as it's not my wedding day. Yeah. Okay, well we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll adjust the recording yeah. date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although if it if it premieres on your wedding, maybe you should just time it. And I have might it have to get theater, married at the you theater. Know? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I move that we use a portion of our of our after hours to discuss the state of horror yes yeah uh, to a, a little bit more depth great i agree i agree um well 
I mean, Joe's already alluded to it, but I think one of the best things about this podcast is that the conversation doesn't end here. Um, you can obviously find us on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash beer and a movie TX. We're on Instagram under the handle at beer and a movie. We're on Twitter as at beer movie show. And you can join our chat on Discord under the name beer and a movie. The conversation continues. Seek us out there. We, we're always having some fun trading uh, different thoughts. And uh, One of my daily favorite things. Oh, thank yeah. you. You're, yeah. you're a great contributor. I love having <laughs> you on there. Um, Discord's we, fun. We've also mentioned that we extend this conversation ourselves in our Patreon subscriber only after hours bonus episodes. You can get access to those by signing up at patreon.com slash beer and a movie podcast and just contributing a, a measly $5 a month and, and you'd be able to hear those. Also, we know you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, but before you leave, won't you please rate us and leave a review? We hope you'll make it five stars so that the algorithm can do what it do <laughs> and put us out there as an option for more listeners. You've just experienced another frighteningly new episode of Beer in a Movie. Until next time. Beware that when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Thank you.